Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Show Me The Podcast. This episode is going to be getting all romantic as we are going to be <laughs> discussing the rom-com. You, you did kind of a little dance there. Is that is that how you woo Alec? Yeah, yeah. Is that how you get him into 14 bed? years strong, baby, with this dance. <laughs> is that what you, how you got him in the first place? <laughs> bit of this, a bit of that. Jiggle jiggle. Jiggle Yes, we've gone all romantic on you, and uh, but you know we're going to get into that a little later on and discuss the four. Is it four films? Yeah, I've decided. Just as you said that, oh. I'm, I'm going to like try and find some like romantic music and have it like in the background, like flady flady. Oh, yeah. what that song like? I wanna fuck you like an animal. Our interpretations of romantic <laughs> music are so different. <laughs> That's from Magic Mike. Although <laughs> I do like that song. It's romantic. <laughs> <laughs> the girl looked like she was enjoying it when he was doing his little dance. I would have enjoyed it. I would have enjoyed it. Joe, what's like... his name? Joe Man... Magnelli. Oh, yeah. Is yeah, that, that was a great scene. Magnello. Yeah. Maybe we should have put Magic Mike on this. <laughs> Did you ever watch True Blood with him in? No, I never got into True Blood. Oh, he plays this werewolf and he goes <laughs> all the time and it's so hot. <laughs> gets naked a lot <laughs> oh I might watch it then He's, who's he married to Sof- Sophia Vig- Viagra yeah. <laughs> Viagra something like she that she's the way she's yeah, really I like funny her. I like how she talks mm. oh is she the one that goes uh, about putting a dick in her mouth yeah it, uh, she did that tweet thing wasn't it she's like oh, Sophia yeah. Viagra what's wrong like with putting a dick in your mouth yeah. like, oh, what's that wrong was with a dick in my mouth yeah yeah oh, oh mean tweets yeah, Jimmy mean tweets. yeah 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 that was brilliant um yeah, <laughs> we've taken a turn. <laughs> Romantic as hell. <laughs> we didn't last very long. No. <laughs> yeah. So, d- did you do anything for the romantic occasion? Well, I um, yes, actually, I'm going to shout out to um, a local company from the uh, Worcestershire Beaudley area. Uh, my partner he ordered in a paisley um, flower catering romantic box thing it was amazing but we were all far too full <laughs> and like we just ate so much but it was really mm. good highly recommend that uh, oh, nice. company and then uh yeah in a strange turn of events i was meant to be going to venice with my mum the next day but in fact alec came instead and we had a lovely romantic weekend away in venice oh so, how about you no <laughs> No, we don't. Um, what did, no, we don't. We don't really do the whole Valentine's thing, and that's not slagging off people that do because it's just, you know. But then on the way home, like we we never. Do, I mean, we did it the first couple of years, but on the way home from work, I decided to walk home that day. Um, I went into the shop and I bought Dev a load of little presents. Yeah. And I came in, and my mum was like, "Well, he's not going to have got you anything," and I was like, "So what?" Do you know what I mean? I really, it wasn't a, I don't give a shit about stuff like that when yeah. it comes to Valentine's Day. Do you know what I mean? We, so. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't usually go all out for Valentine's Day. No, you? we don't. Um, and I said to Alec, I was like, well, should we do something? And he's like, no, I've got something sorted. And I had no idea what you got planned, but he knew the key to my heart was food. And yes. <laughs> but I think that's better to kind of just one year do something when you're maybe not, when you're something big, somewhere, you know, it just naturally, rather than, right, it's Valentine's Day, we must go for dinner, we must go to the cinema, you know, this type of thing. Yeah. I, I wouldn't really like that. 
but um and we had a baby you know my mom sorry bang my hands uh, my mom was here so we could have went out but we just and anyway valentine's night it's going to be mental busy yeah it's a bit it like i'm a believer like you don't need a specific night of the year to prove no. that you love it or one no. another you know no but yeah um but you know to all you out there who did have a nice romantic evening mm. And will will there be babies in, what is it they say that all the babies that are born nine months after uh, uh, Valentine's Day? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I don't know what to say. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so it was a pretty quiet one for me Mm. with the old uh, romance front. But um, we hope you all had a good time yourselves. <laughs> That's really sad music. I know, I can't remember what that tune is. Oh, God. It's a famous tune. It is a famous I think tune. it's from Romeo and Juliet. Oh, um, I was thinking of something else. An old movie of the. I don't know. Anyway, I'll stop yeah. doing it. Yeah. Let's sing you fuck you like you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who sings it now. It's nine, oh, inch nine Inch Nails, nails yeah. I knew that! Oh, oh my god. god. Right now, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's a great song, that is. But they do it really well in Magic Mike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> uh, have you watched anything exciting lately? Oh, um only in the past couple of days. I've kind of had a bit of a quiet month. Um I'm actually the opposite, so I'm kinda of combining my watches rather than tell every one of them. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, um, shall I go first? You go for it. Okay. So, um, my partner and I, Alec and I, have got into the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. I don't know what that's a. Is it about superheroes or something? Yeah. 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 Um... <laughs> Has someone put something up today along the lines of why would you put Elaine Page into this? Ellen. And not, Ellen Page, sorry. Elaine Page, because she's a singer, <laughs> isn't she? And not make her, because she doesn't have a superpower. I shan't say much about oh. that, um, but I uh, I've watched about six. We, we've watched about six episodes now, and I really like this show. Oh, okay. And the the problem is, all right, okay. So it's about this guy, this billionaire guy, um, and then there's this one day I think in 1987 where 49 women around the world just became pregnant out of nowhere, and then he like bought their babies, but he could only get six. Or, was it six or eight of them? What? Yeah. And uh, they've got special powers. Uh, yeah, and he forms like this little superhero net like group. Oh, um, how does he buy them though? No, he just goes, um, how much for it? And some of them who didn't know they were pregnant, like they don't want a baby, so they gave him up. It doesn't really explore okay. that very much. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I can recommend it. So, yeah. Very good. What about you? My first combo. <laughs> it's a triple run. Okay, so what I watched, I went through a bit a bit of a M. Night Shyamalan um, binge and I watched Unbreakable Glass and uh, Unbreakable Split and Glass, but not necessarily in that order. Um, and uh, we've done an episode on After the Credits about Glass and we kind of talk about them in that. So I'm not going to go into too much depth, but I um, enjoyed them all. But as uh, <laughs> we mentioned in the, in, in the episode, uh, Unbreakable is my least favourite. Oh, get out. Although get out. I like... No, no. It's it's kind of like what I said about the Harry Potter film. Um, what was it? The Goblet of Fire was my least favourite, but it wasn't because it was bad. It was just if I had to rank them in order. So with these films, I'd have... I think it was Split, Glass and Unbreakable. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Fine. But yeah, go to after the credits and listen to Glass if you want to hear more on why Harry is disgusted in me. Yes, I get very angry in that, and I'm really apologetic. But <laughs> after I watched Glass, I was like, and I listened to the Sorry in Your Seat guys. They did um, an episode on um, on that director. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to watch so much from him. I want like even though even films I didn't like, like I was trying to hunt down the happening to watch again or something, and I. Oof. yeah I didn't want to watch it um but I was trying to find all this stuff and I couldn't get some of it so I just watched those three yeah there was quite you know I was trying to find signs and dude I've got that on dvd what signs all oh, right I'll have to get it off you yeah um but yeah so had a little binge on him okay good cool yeah um I watched I've watched it twice now actually um hmm. love simon by greg Bellanti. I really want to see that I'd, I'd forgotten about it until you mentioned it actually it's a really nice film yeah, it's the first um, sort of teen romance of its kind to focus on the same-sex romance, focusing on the main character of Simon Spears, I think that's his name. Oh, right. <laughs> Spears. Spears. <laughs> and he's played uh, by Nick Robinson, who I love. Um, and he plays it so well. He His performance is great. Um, and it's just a really nice teen romance film. And, uh, yeah, I've watched it twice. <laughs> yeah, I must actually give that a go, because I remember seeing the trailer for it and thinking it looks good. It's nice. I was off work one day and I literally laid on the couch, got some goodies and I watched, I watched Unbreakable that day and I also watched, um, that I haven't seen in years, Psycho. Oh. Yeah, Average Hitchcock Psycho. And, uh. What, what made you watch that? I don't know. I was just scrolling through and I, I just felt like watching older films because the other one I watched on that day was an older film like from the 1971. Um, and I just felt like going, oh God, I haven't seen it in years. I remember Ross mentioned it in um i think it was one of his favorite films in the yeah, spielberg episode film, and i was like oh, i must give this a go because it's been so long and i've really really enjoyed it but norman bates what's his name anthony perkins god he was creepy <laughs> yeah weird and <laughs> um, he did it really well so yeah i watched that and also on that day i watched um one of my favorite films um it would be in my top 10 uh, dirty harry i've never seen it Oh my god! And I want to watch because there's a few. I think there's four dirty, four films with Harry Callahan. Really? Yeah. Sudden um, Impact is another one. I can't remember the the others. Um, but because I went looking for them because I thought, oh, maybe I'll do a bit of a you know detective Harry Callahan type thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, such a good film! It's such a good film, and he's my boy as you sometimes call him Clint Eastwood he's just even in this like when he's dealing with the most atrocious like killer he still has this like coolness about him and he doesn't get over the top and uh you know at one point the guy's paid someone to beat him up that he's gone after because he's trying to make everyone think that you know Harry's the bad guy and he actually turns around with the coolest voice and he goes uh anyone can tell that I didn't do that to him and he goes why he goes because he looks too damn good (laughs) (laughs) and it's just you know and this other bit in it I probably won't do it justice, but when um, they're talking about how you can't just go around uh, getting people, he goes, it's not our policy. And he goes, well, if I see a guy running down the street naked with his dick hanging out, I kind of figure out that he's not collecting for cookies. Running after a woman with his dick hanging out, I kind of realise he's not out there collecting for the Red Cross. I shoot the son of a bitch. That's my policy. Did you say (laughs) collecting cookies? Because he's like out for the Red Cross or collecting cookies. I can't remember. It was something anyways. (laughs) I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's just, he's just, and he just does it with like, you know, but yeah. we'll have to move on because otherwise I will go on about it, about Dirty Harry. I, I, but if you have not seen Dirty Harry, I do, I should watch it. I will watch it. It's one of the best. And Clint Eastwood is just exceptional, mm. exceptional on this one. Cool. So yeah. 
cool. Um, I'm going to just quickly, I'm not even really going to go into my watch the film called Blockers because I didn't want anything to focus on, you know, those kind yeah. of movies. It's yeah. crap. Um, and I wouldn't really recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> um, and then I watched another one. I'm going to combine these yeah. uh, called The Book Club with... Um, I want to see that. It's like Diane Keaton in that one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. God, her outfits, her hair. Oh, I love her. Just amazing. Um, but like, it's fine. It's one of those... No, but it's one of those easy watching. It's an easy yeah. watch. Yeah, it's really... It, there are... It's a funny concept. Like, they're four mature women who have failed or failing relationships. Yeah. And they have a book club and they've all got, like, different personalities. Don't they read Fifty Shades of yeah. Way? Yeah. <laughs> like, the discussions they have about what they do in the book's funny. But that's as funny as it gets. And all right. Then... <laughs> that's a bit of a face on you. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, like, some really, like... <coughs> all moments cringe moments where it's trying to be funny you're like no just we didn't need to do that anyway so it's fine she was on um ellen the other day uh diane keaton oh yeah and i follow diane keaton on instagram and ellen was going on to her about how she's like a the big like fashion icon type thing because of the way she dresses i love the way she dresses i love it too yeah i dress like that like i, I would i, I want I to just, dress like that yeah she's i want amazing. to be diane keaton she yeah. just pulls it off so well though i love her and i love jane fonda yeah I've yeah. got a big thing for Jane Fonda, isn't it? I've got a thing for Diane Keen. I love Diane Keen. She is ex. Excuse me. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, what about you? I also, I saw, I, I'm just going to kind of breeze on past this one, but uh, the Winchester. Why? Why did you watch that? I don't know, but it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was all right. But, you know, the house, I loved the house. Like, I like you know, the, the story of that. It's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, but it was just a bit, you know. Yeah. Bleh. It looked bleh. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was just, you know. Sorry, and I love Helen Mirren, so it was kind of like, you know. I don't know why she did that. I don't know why Jason mm. Clark is it either, yeah. did it? Because yeah. they're both really good actors. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing, though. Their acting wasn't bad. It was just, it didn't really do anything. It was one of those things where you could have done so much more like with it. You know, yeah. you could have made it really like scary and, you know. Atmospheric. Yeah, and... and there was a few little jumps here and there where you're like, ooh, you know, and I... I you know, I didn't, it wasn't like it was an awful film, but I just thought it could have been a bit more. Yeah. You know. Had no substance to it at the end of the day. No. Like, if I'd never seen it, I wouldn't be missing anything, I think. Yeah. You know. One of them. Yeah. yeah. One of them. Yeah. You any more? Oh, yeah. I've got one last one. Go um on. uh, Yesterday, I had some really bad back problems, so I, <laughs> I lay down on my sofa, and uh, as I couldn't watch... Uh, Umbrella Academy because <laughs> I was yeah. not allowed to binge it I thought I'll put a, a proper good film on that I can focus on so I put Lion on uh, by Garth Davies from 2016 yeah. featuring Deb Patel and uh, Rooney Mari Marnie I think I oh Rooney Mari yeah yeah and Nicole Kidman and oh I didn't know Nicole Kidman was in it yeah yeah oh, she plays um, the adoptive mother Oh, uh, so it's about this. It's based on a true story about this yeah. young Indian lad who, um, at five years old, basically gets lost and ends up becoming an orphan and getting adopted by this uh, Tasmanian couple. And then twenty five years later, he tries to find out where he came from. Mm. And it's really, I really enjoyed it. It's very slow paced, um, but it's very well put together, and the music in it is very um, mm. evocative. And uh, yeah, I sobbed. Thing. yeah i don't know um because we briefly discussed this earlier and you told me some bits of it and i was like i don't know if i want to watch that night i do want to see it but i don't think i could handle it's not the as, beginning it, it is 
It is sad because you know what's going to, because if you, you know, read a synopsis, you know, or review, you know what's going to kind of happen. But it's, um, it's actually more moving, not more moving, but it's, it's, you cry more towards the end when he's an adult mm. and he's going through this process. Yeah. Um, but it's one to, it's, it's just thoughtful. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to have a think about that. <laughs> um, I watched the Ted Bundy tapes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was a little bit disappointed. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, um, I've I've seen I've seen a lot of stuff about Ted Bundy. Like I've like he's one that you do kind of watch because he's one of the big heavy ones. You do kind of watch a lot of stuff on him and read tons of stuff on him. And I feel like with this, they kind of gave him a platform he didn't deserve. In what way? Well, they like it was so about him. And not really much about the victims, if you know what I mean. And, you know, oh God, at the end of it, the judge, and I knew this has happened, but I, I've read this has happened, but I've never seen it happen, basically. The judge is like kissing his ass and going, oh, if you, you know, had been, because he wanted to be a, a lawyer, uh, Ted Bundy. And he was, and he represented himself in parts of this and everything. And, the, you know, he was like, God, you know, if you'd taken a different path, I would have loved to have worked with you and all this kind of shit. And he'd just done the most atrocious things to all these women, like. And you're just like, don't, don't do that. I don't really know much about Sorry. Ted Bundy at all, but um, apparently that new movie that's coming out about him does a similar thing in that sort of... Yeah, I'm going to watch that. Um, and I've uh, seen, obviously, the pictures of uh, Zac Efron freakishly how much he looks like him mm. it's quite scary um but yeah no i was a bit i thought this was quite slow and um you know it didn't it's shown things i hadn't seen but i didn't i don't know i just i felt like if he was still alive and saw this it would give him a boost that he doesn't deserve yeah yeah Do you know what i mean oh, so yeah i'm not, not sure i agree with that then yeah yeah you know it was i don't know i just Almost it just kind of glorifies him. it didn't sit right mm. you know so, um, I mean, there was stuff on it that, you know, you heard and stuff, but, um, fuck, he was a God, do you know what I mean? An evil bastard. Like he was yeah. really one of the worst, like, you know, so yeah, I will continue to watch things on him and read about him, but you know, um, yeah, I don't like how they kind of portrayed him in this, mm, Interesting. You know? so yeah, but, um, but watched... I didn't know he had a baby. He got someone pregnant while he was in prison. Really? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's weird. But anyway, okay. there's a little Ted Bundy Jr. out there somewhere. Hopefully he doesn't know that Ted Bundy's his dad. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't want that, would you? But yeah, have you watched anything else? Nope. No? Oh, I continue to watch Mad Men. How is it? Well, I, I've, um, I'm not going to talk about it because I think we're going to do, once season three's finished, we're going to do an after the credits on Riverdale. I, yes, we are. I fucking love it. <laughs> Good. I'm so that makes me so happy. I was like, when you spoke about it, I was like, oh god, I'd never watch this because it's such a teen thing. And I know I'm like, you in do. My 40s. You and Rachel are like judging me. We, I did judge you. I'm not going to lie. And then I put it on, and I was like, this is amazing. But do you know what it is? It's the fact that they they have like big stories for the adults as well as the children. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not like a it's kiddie thing. It's everyone. Mm-hmm. There's something in there for everyone. Mm-hmm. But I will say there are moments where I feel wrong because I'm looking at Cole Sprouse who is Jughead and I'm thinking fuck me he's hot and then you change the channel whoa, whoa. the next day and um Ben from Friends pops up and it's the same person well he is cute 
I'm going to save that for the podcast, the okay. other podcast. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So that's our, uh, what we've seen lately. Mm. Now, uh, of course, like we always do, we've put out a few little um, feelers to feel, uh, to feel, <laughs> feel little feelers to feel um, what our audience uh, likes in the terms of their favourite rom-com. And ironically, it was mostly men. Yeah, I know. I kind of like that. I do. You know, because you always think all the women have come swooping in. But um, mm. I think we only had one. I think Ray Ray was the only one with he's just not that into you. <laughs> Is that her mantra? <laughs> he's just not that into me. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Love you, Ruby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Um, Shall I say the first one? Yeah, I think he's the guy from one of the guys from Sorry You're In My Seat podcast. Well, James, if yeah. uh, you are from the Siams uh, podcast, hello and welcome. I love his choice, by the way. <laughs> so, really? Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> that film is amazing. I think I've turned it off multiple times. Um, have but you anyway. never watched all of it? Yeah, no, I have. I just like whenever it's, it's on, I'm like, flick, flick, you know. Next, next channel. Oh next. God, Harry! <laughs> um, while you were sleeping, nineteen ninety-five, um, and his words are because it's a masterclass in quirky storytelling and charming characters. It never fails to make me smile, and it has the ability to bypass all the cynicism in my body and go straight to the heart. Love this movie. Oh, that bit was in capitals. Um, I agree, one hundred percent with you, James. <laughs> um, my adorable husband gives such a really meaningful reason to why his favourite <laughs> film is The Proposal, which he asked me to watch quite a lot, basically because Sandra Bullock gets a bit naked. But I, not, well, she's but, but, smoking but, but, bird, um, but, and like, she's great in it, but I agree, The Proposal's great, and when Dev said film. it, and he reminded me of this film, I was just like, yeah, I watched this so much yeah. in uni, and I think it's one of the few rom-coms where I'm, I'm really rooting for them. Because yeah. I, I can feel that heat, the tension, you know. Yeah, and yeah. plus it's Ryan Reynolds. And they sing that song, It takes two to make a thing go right. I like the bit when she goes down into um, the woods and Betty White is doing some weird chant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good film. It's a great film. Mm. So uh, the Siams guys have uh, told us their um, three favourite rom-coms and they said I thought long and hard about this and I'm going to throw in the three uh, contenders Silver Linings Playbook, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and Juno and their reasons are being that all three slightly challenge the genre of the rom-com so then these guys are ace, they go on to uh, explain in depth as to why each of these three movies uh, are in their top pickings um, but we think it would be better if you guys went over to our Instagram uh, post and checked those out and then also go out on to check out these guys and listen to their podcast because they're great yeah but I must admit I do like Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind yeah you're not the only one my colleague um, Tara she also said uh, is that her yeah that was one. her pick yeah. yeah which was interesting because I just didn't even consider it I have to say no, I really liked it. And it was a bit of a game changer for me with Jim Carrey. I think it's because I don't consider it a rom-com. No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. But, you know, when I read what they read, I went, hmm. Oh. It, you know. It's a bill. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
another person, Chris Barnett, Barn, sorry, Chris Barnhart from Super Like Me podcast has picked one of my films that I do like, uh, John Cusack in Say Anything. Um, it's the perfect rom-com of all time. Every woman should want someone like Lloyd Dobler. See the main character, John Cusack. Yeah. Yeah, I turned this off halfway through. I love John Cusack. I don't. <laughs> Sorry. He's giving me the Wiggins, so... like really? Yeah. I'm sure um, he's a great guy. But he is. Like in Serendipity, he's just like... Oh, oh, love him in that. No. I kind of like the film, but I don't like either of the main characters, <laughs> which is weird. Oh. Yeah, that's strange. No, I, I would... No, I like John Cusack. He's someone I could... If I was single, I would go out with him. <laughs> Lucky you, John. Ooh, no. Ooh. Well, shut up. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> what do I know? I do... I didn't say anything. I do like him as the big cousin... Uh, no, older brother. Uh, uncle. Stand by me. Uncle. Oh. So, didn't say anything. Oh, say anything. Sorry. Yeah. He's not like Stand you said, by Me, is he? Yeah, he's the older brother that dies in Stand By Me. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we've picked out a few, um, we didn't want to go on too much because we got quite a big response on this. Um, I love to see a DM and, um, yeah. More than a voicemail. Oh God. Okay. (laughs) Siam's guys, I know you listen to us sometimes. So if you are listening to this episode, will you please fucking send Harry a voice message? Please. You're our last hope. (laughs) You know? So... Moving swiftly along to the rom com. Was that meant to be romantic? <laughs> no, no. You're trying to serenade. No, it's just like my transition. Oh right, okay, sorry. I did a funny hand gesture there for you guys. <laughs> you can't see. That was also the transition. <laughs> yeah. So, what is the rom com, Harry? How would you define a romantic comedy? Um, let's fall in love, let a boy meet a girl, and everything goes funny for a while. My parents don't approve. There's a different class. <laughs> My friends aren't quite sure he had a girlfriend before. Well, that rhymed. You did. I thought you were, like, taking this from then we fell in love. I really wish you guys could have seen that because to watch it live was just something else. Um, well, okay, so the romantic comedy uh, it typically demonstrates what it means uh, to be in love. Um, that was her inverted quote. What was yeah. it? <laughs> quote comment. <laughs> so boy meets girl vice versa they run into various problems mainly concerning class issues race issues um gender issues basically what i sang about familial issues all these that malarkey um and and then you know it all just ends really well yeah (laughs) yeah and i think you know typically when you think of the rom-com you there are certain actors that pop into your head. Meg Ryan, Sandra Bullock, Hugh Grant. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah. kind of your... Although you don't really see Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant in rom-coms anymore. No, but he was in a, in More, a lot back in the day. 90s, yeah. He set the staple for those kind of yeah. years, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. He even said, I think, because he did um, that film where he was... I think he was a doctor or a mortician. I can't remember, but something to do with 
Nine months. No, he no. It was a dark film, and oh, he was okay. like, "I'm not doing any of that again because I'm shit." Oh, I I need I, I know what I'm good at. It mm. was um, oh god, I can't remember what it's called, but basically he played like a doctor in it or something. I'm gonna Google it, guys, because Harry's looking at me like I'm on crack. I vaguely sorry. Remember the, what you're sorry about. if you can hear me typing. I do apologize. I like how you apologise now, but when I've got the headphones on, you can't hear this shit, so <laughs> you're like, la She's just giving me the headphones. <laughs> I don't like this responsibility. Extreme you can, measures. You can tell because you've put a certain type of voice on. <laughs> Have I really? <laughs> That's my romantic voice. Oh, my. I'm like, oh, hey, Dev, you want to go upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> Extreme measures, 1996. I don't know of that one. Yeah. No, I, I remember seeing it. I thought he was all right in it, but apparently he was like, you know what? I'm going to stick with what I know best. Which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do love him in Paddington too. He's amazing in that. I love that yeah. film. Me too. It, well, it gives me all the feels. What about a bear? I love, the alley. bear. I love bears, man. <laughs> hey, you know my feelings on beasts. It's a rom-com. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> After the credits, glass. Do you think Luke never let... Luke, who was our guest on episode eight... Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. Yeah, Luke never lets me forget that I said I fancy the beast in cartoon form. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's not weird. It is weird. If anybody else shares this opinion, please, please. If anyone else in. shares Harry's opinions in bestiality, then please. It's not bestiality. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. It's a fucking animal. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you'd woo him? <laughs> That's how I got Alec. No. <laughs> he is very hairy. <laughs> he has lovely hair. He Thank does. It's much. really annoying. <laughs> Men shouldn't have hair that nice. Oh, he's beautiful. He is. And the worst thing is, he's looking more and more like fucking Keanu Reeves every day, so I can't fancy him anymore. <laughs> John Wick. <laughs> no, he he Keanu Reeves popped up with um, Alex Winter, you know, for... Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, <laughs> as they look today. And I was like, God, he's so like Alec. Can I fancy him? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to continue fancy. It's fine. Uh, I take it as a compliment. <laughs> Alec's cute. What can I say? Yes, he is. I'm allowed to think Harry's boyfriend's cute. She doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> and he gives me big hugs. <laughs> he's the best hugger. <laughs> and I let him hug me. Why, why is this turning into an Alec moment? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Alec podcast. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't need the his head's gonna be really yeah, good. Gonna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Okay, moving swiftly along to Pretty Woman, Cinderella, Gary Marshall, nineteen ninety. Harry, I'm the king of wishful thinking. <laughs> what? What? That's the opening song from fucking Go West. Go I'm West. Queen of What's Go West? What's the name of the band? Huh? You know when he's driving around LA at the start? Oh. Uh, like Bob. What? I'm sorry. When you say Pretty Woman, I immediately think Roy Orbison. Pretty Woman. So, like, I can. He sang it better than that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> Tell us what this film was about, Harry. So this film uh, follows Edward, a.k.a. Richard Gere, a wealthy businessman who is in need of an escort, in all sense of the word, for some social events. <laughs> in all sense of the word. Um, 
So he finds uh, an escort for the evening to escort him to his uh, digs for the night uh, in the form of um, cool woman, um, Julia Roberts, aka Vivian in the movie. And uh, she guides him around LA and uh, offers her services. And after the encounter, he then goes on to hire her to escort him to social events and a relationship begins to develop. I'm gesturing like crazy. I love I love the way that you say his digs like he's staying in some hostel. Oh, sorry, <laughs> he's staying in like a five star hotel. <laughs> Stinks, man. What was the kind of car he had? Oh, Alec was raving about this car. I got and I I thought it looked pretty. She's like, this is like four cylinders. <laughs> I don't know it, if it was that many cylinders. It was uh, a, a, um, a stick. Oh, shift, shift, <laughs> shift stick. Isn't shift stick, called? shift stick. Yeah, yeah. That's because in America, all the cars are like um, automatic. Automatic, yeah. So when they get a one with a shift stick, dude. When I was over there, we were driving through California. It took me so. Oh, did you get a shift stick? No, we got an automatic. Oh and yeah, it was me like too. Really I had really weird to drive. I'd say. I know because I I remember saying to someone, um, "What do I do if I need to get off a hill?" <laughs> and they says. It just stays there. It doesn't roll. Yeah, down. and yeah, it does. I know. It it's, does. It's it's yeah. it's weird. I must admit, I do thoroughly enjoy this film. I love this film, and I enjoyed rewatching it. I must admit, I thoroughly love this film too. I <laughs> just <laughs> Lorraine's face is just like you what <laughs> weirdo. So so why why do you like it? What's what's your? I like it because it's as much as it's a rom com, mm-hmm. it's still kind of gritty and like especially like subject matter. It's a you know a it's ho- not an easy rom com. No, no, um, it's not like a, a sweet innocent girl yeah. to the to the you know lovely innocent man. Yeah, type thing. yeah. They, they, they both they've carry, got flaws. Yeah, they've got flaws, and it's quite gritty in some sense. And in the end, it's not just about her say him saving her; it's about her saving him as well. And I really like that. Do you know what kind of set it off slightly different for me from the very beginning? Like, apart from the fact that you know Vivian's character is a prostitute, um, is do you remember when he's on the phone and his partner is breaking up with him? Yeah. And he literally just goes, she's like, this isn't working, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, goodbye. And he's like, okay, goodbye. And it's done. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's there's no the, upset there. Though I do like the line when he's just, he talks to another woman who he obviously clearly dated. And he's just like, did you feel like uh, mm. you had a connection with my um, she secretary? My and she's like, she was my bridesmaid. And yeah. I just like, he's like, oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good line, I think. Yeah, no, I think... I like this film because, you know, she's, first of all, she's a prostitute, as we all know. And, um, you know, when you look at the other prostitute, the main prostitute in the, the film is Kit. Kit the Luca. Kit the Luca. Um, yeah, so you see her and, like, she doesn't really have a plan. She's kind of living day by day. Like, she's taking the rent and all that kind of stuff. But with Vivian's character, she has a plan. She has a future. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's what I like about it. Like, she's not just... It feels, as I said, she kind of feels like someone who has taken a job that she doesn't necessarily want to do until the better thing comes along. So, yeah. So I think, you know, while this is a a rom-com, it's not your typical rom-com, mainly because the woman involved is a prostitute and 
we tend as a society to not look upon them as people to romance but more here's some money I'm going to do this to you Mm. there's the door yeah it's yeah it's a very different kind of take on it really Mm. isn't it the difference in this rom-com as well is that in this period that it came out uh, according to my research (laughs) and that the high kind of happy ending of it was unusual it was like a reintroducing of that kind of happy ending vibe from rom-coms from yonder year because rom-coms leading up to this had been like bittersweet Mm. you've got like the graduate annie hall all that kind Mm. of stuff and this kind of reintroduced that that nice happy ending again Mm -hmm. which is again kind of interesting considering its context yeah and also i think when when we tend to watch films you know that have prostitutes in them they're always treated in a certain manner and what i you know which isn't pleasant no um and, you know, it's something I've never understood. Okay, I know you're paying for service and I know these women are there, some by choice, some not by choice. Um, but how does that give you, like, the freedom to treat them the way you do? But one thing I like about Edward, although he has a few hiccups along the way with Vivian, is he never seems to treat her like that. There's no. one or two occasions that are a bit, you know. But um, he doesn't force himself on her, you know. He kind of does what she you know, she says these, basically, I don't kiss on the mouth and all this kind of stuff. And he does what she says. And then, you know, when she's being attacked by his, is it his lawyer, isn't it? His lawyer, um, Stucky. Yeah. Tucky, I can never remember his name, Stucky. Um, you know, instead of like what you usually see, you can do what you want with her. He defends her. He pulls him off and he's like to his mate, what the fuck are you doing? You know, and that's what I like about it. So despite her profession, he, most of the time, you know, treats her with respect the way she deserves to be treated like yeah. she you know she may be a prostitute but that doesn't mean she deserves <laughs> to be you know mistreated no and um that's what i like about him is that it, it doesn't do that so it's it's weird like with him because he kind of it's almost like he doesn't realize that she's a prostitute <laughs> do you know what i mean from what we know and yeah. i think that's what i keep going back to like it's like we've seen films about prostitutes and just i don't know it's weird it's almost like he just doesn't I've hired you as my girlfriend, so that's what you are. And that's how he treats her, but without... It's like a business. Yeah, but he he could mistreat her. Mm. Because that's what... But I think that's what it's saying. It's like, yeah. he's... he. She makes, from the get-go, she makes him feel like the gentleman that he... Yeah. He has always been but yeah. has never been able to be yeah. with these are the stuffy people who just basically want to hang around with him for his money it's like he can be himself with her yeah yeah you know and it's the same with him with her yeah like she she he makes her the woman that she was sort of yeah because you kind of see the whole you know opinions of her type of profession um like when she goes shopping yeah. And they don't want to know who she is. Yeah. You know, we don't basically want you in here. Please leave type thing. And then, you know, she, she, you know, I love her relationship with the, the, is he a concierge? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hector Alonso yeah. or something. His name is, yeah. Um, I love that relationship. And then he gets her all like suited and booted and stuff like this. And when she walks back in, you wouldn't wait on me yesterday. I'm off to go shop. You know what I mean? Do you know what? I, it's, a, it's a minor note, but what I really like about that scene is it's not an overly witty, um, overly scripted scene. She's just like, big mistake, big mistake. And I like yeah. that, but huge mistake because yeah. it's not like, 
it's it's not too clever it's just natural yeah because you wouldn't go in there and you wouldn't necessarily think of like an amazing gun but yeah. you'd just be like sex to be you now today doesn't yeah, it and, exactly. does, and i like that kind of writing in it exactly but that's just like another thing i i found like when i was growing up growing up in ireland you'd meet all these people that were like farmers and stuff and they'd all look a mess and they'd be stinking of cow shit and stuff like that and they were minted mm. but because they didn't look a certain way you know and that's the thing with her like she was in this presence of this guy with money so she therefore she had money because she had the credit card and all this kind of stuff yeah but yet you know it didn't matter that she had all that because of what she was dressed like the first time and you know that's one thing we're guilty of is like we look at you and we go yeah, you're this person. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I know people with wacky dress sense that look out there. You know what I mean? Some of them have money, some of them don't. You know, but it's weird the way that that's what it comes down to. But that's, you know, that's, uh, I suppose that's what we're like, isn't it? We kind of look at someone and we make a judgment, don't we? Yeah. And that's, this film screams, screams that. Yeah. Yeah. I do, slightly changing the subject, I do find it funny that this Two things. This movie was produced by Disney, and originally <laughs> that it <laughs> that it was um, going to be a dark film mm. uh, drama mm. called Three Thousand, based on the amount of money that he yeah. was going to hire her for. And yet they kind of like turn it around to be this mm. this massively successful rom com. Mm. I, I just think that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. I was uh, another thing. Something that. I looked into and it became massively clear once I read about it was that it's similarities to My Fair Lady. Mm. I didn't even think about that. No, you don't. And I think that's one thing about um, us doing these podcasts. Like, obviously, when we watch a film, we don't sit there and come up with all this stuff ourselves amazingly. Like, we do do some research. We do some research and, you know, and I sometimes get a bit annoyed at myself because I'm like, oh, yeah. So yeah, 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 so like yeah. now I find because like me and Harry did a film degree and you know we had to think like that when we were doing a film degree so now I'm, but the problem is with me, I start watching the film like right watch it Lorraine and come up with all this amazing stuff and then I forget that that's what I'm supposed to be doing and I just sit there watching it and then at the end I'm like <laughs> oh shit what was that about yeah, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. type of thing but um, no I, I, I think this is a good choice in the sense that like you said it's not what we think of as a rom-com um but I could see how it is a bit darker than what yeah. we usually go for, you know, the usual. And like as a child, like I watched this as a child and it was <laughs> the first film where I felt very conscious as I was watching. Was that the piano scene? The piano scene, yeah. That I was watching a kind of sexual scene around my parents. And I was like, oh, what? But at this age, I, like watching it again for this, I, I, it becomes really like you really take in the subject and you're like mm. it's a film about a cool girl and mm. a rich guy paying for it it's actually quite yeah like seedy isn't it mm. um but yeah when you were watching it as a kid i'm sorry i was a kid when i watched it you just don't think of that at all no. but that's that's one thing i found since we did our film degree and especially especially doing this podcast is the fact that you know, we're watching certain films that we would have watched a long time ago that we yeah. haven't watched in a long time. And um, I'm like, oh, really? Yeah. It's like when we were talking about The Breakfast Club and the scene where he's like under the table looking at her pants. Like mm. before I was like, what's he doing? Whereas this time I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So you, you, you know, and I think that's just an age thing because, New you know. eyes, fresh eyes. No, no, it is fresh eyes. It is fresh eyes. But um, one thing about this film I loved that, that, you know, like with most films, there is your few... Uh, 
quirky little fun facts. And uh, I did not know this, but in, um, you know, Gary Marshall? Yeah. He's the homeless guy that shouts. Yeah, I read that too. I didn't know that. I think that's really funny. And I didn't know his daughter was the one who played that in the hotel. She was like the girl in the receptionist. I I love things like that. Yeah. Another fun fact for you. You know the opera they go and watch? Mm -hmm. La Triviata. Mm. Well, apparently this film's storyline is based on La Triviata. Oh. I love that. I love the way she gets all upset and what she goes, I almost peed my pants. And he goes, It was as good as the pirates off Penzance. <laughs> yeah. I was crying so much, I almost peed my pants. I did. I'll tell you one thing I didn't know. Because um, it's not that because of what she looks like, because obviously Julie Roberts is gorgeous. Um, and, you know, she's a beautiful figure. But there was always this kind of like, was it wasn't her? You know, the opening scene where she's in bed and she's in like the, that lingerie and they don't show her face and the camera kind of moves up her legs and stuff and you see her, her stomach and there was always like doubt this is at the very very beginning there was always doubt of whether that was actually her and it was her ah. um according to my resources um but the reason they don't show her face is according to gary marshall is because she's a redhead but when we see her she's in the blonde, in wig, the blonde wig and yeah. they didn't want to show that i did think upon my recent viewing that those scenes are very Hmm. sexual hmm. they're a little bit close to the bane aren't they hmm. in the rom-com sense yeah like yeah it's a bit more of a mature film kind yeah of vibe in those scenes. yeah i don't yeah this isn't this is definitely a romantic comedy that you wouldn't necessarily show your 12 year old child mm. you know i think it's a bit of an older yeah there is a definitely an adult this is a romantic comedy for adults you say that but then i watched it as a kid and like, they shouldn't have. No, a lot of people I know watched it as a kid. Yeah, but they shouldn't have. <laughs> Probably all serial killers right now. I'm not. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And overall, it's probably... I'll probably cut this out and put it at the end. But overall, out of our romantic comedy sections, I, I, had, a, I had a different viewing on this more so than I did the others like I thought yeah. about this more in a different way than I did the others upon watching them like for this mm. so that was interesting hmm. mm. that's good mm. okay well our next film is one of my favourites I have to say I put this in there and I I love it so much I remember one day I have to say this I watched it three times in one day in one day in one day yeah she's giving me the loser sign <laughs> It's the 2006 Nancy Myers film, The Holiday, and Dev fucking hates this film. Um, <laughs> so yes, it's The Holiday, Nancy Myers, 2006, one of my... 2006? I know. Gosh. I fucking love this film. Yep. The end. <laughs> <laughs> no. So for any of you that... have you, you well, Obviously you've seen it because you've watched it. Did you, if you, did you see it before this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um... Okay, so <laughs> for any of you that don't know what this film is about, um, it basically stars this woman called Isaac. I, does okay. it? Does it basically? I have to really stop fucking saying. <laughs> okay, uh, stars Kate Winslet as Iris, who is a writer and a hopeless romantic, and she falls for a colleague of hers called Jasper, who's played by Rufus Swill. Sewell, sorry, Swell, Sewell. I used to have the biggest crush on him. Really? Apparently, they were an item though at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. I know, I like... Have you ever seen Dark City? No. And he's like... He's a character in that. 
weird. Um, but he completely toys with her affections. Yeah, man. he really, really does. Um, and there's a lot of mixed messages, and she thinks maybe, maybe, maybe. And then why they've just had a moment? Uh, they have the you know it's in London. A lot of office parties seem to be within the actual office. Yeah. So there's this office Christmas party going on, and um, it's then announced that he's getting engaged. Bastard. Bastard. Um, so this leads to a series of events where basically she decides I'm going to go away and she does a house swap mm-hmm. with a girl in LA who is Amanda, who is a, uh, she does, she makes trailers for films. Best job ever. <laughs> for a living. She lives in this amazing LA house and she's just come out of a relationship with a guy and she then takes Iris's house in Surrey, which I must admit, if I had to pick Amanda's house and Iris's house, I pick the cottage in Surrey. Do you know what? When I first watched this film a couple of years ago, I was just like, I'd have Iris's life, but fucking now, give me Amanda's life. <laughs> no, not the life, but the cottage. Yeah, yeah, no, the house. I, 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 okay, I, okay. I'm, I'm happy with Amanda's I didn't house. know though, but um, Amanda's house wasn't actually a house. It was a set. No way. Yeah, yeah I thought it was a house. It was actually a set. Um, yeah, so they swap houses, and while Iris is in America, she befriends an old gentleman called Arthur, who's played by Eli Wallace, Eli Wallach, sorry, and um, also Miles. Name, Eli. I know. Also, Miles is played by Jack Black, and Cameron Diaz, his character Amanda, moves obviously goes to England and becomes friends with Graham, as they say in America, Graham. or Graham, uh, played by Jude Law, who is in fact Iris's brother, and things start to happen <laughs> but yes so can i be frank no okay i'll be happy. because you're gonna say so- <laughs> no the reason you can't be frank is because you're gonna say something bad no listen woman okay so up until this christmas mm-hmm. i hated this film a lot of people did but they've all got issues yeah well no but then this christmas I was not feeling festive at all. I was actually pretty miserable leading up to Christmas. I wasn't thinking it was going to be a good Christmas at all. And then one afternoon I stuck this film on thinking, okay, could it get any worse? And this film gave me the festive feels. And I actually liked it. So I turned, my opinion changed on it. It could have something to do with Jude Law, but I'm not saying. He is very cute in this, isn't he? (laughs) No, it's not. It it, it it just it um I think it finally warmed my cold heart. <laughs> Apparently, Jude Law's character is kind of based on the look. They they kind of gave him that look with the glasses and stuff of Clark Gable, who in it they mentioned that he's from Surrey, but he Clark Gable as we all know is from Bristol. So Do you mean Yeah. No, you, Gary Grant, not Clark Gable. Sorry. Gary <laughs> Grant. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of a bit different, I think. I don't think this is your typical typical kind of like rom com, especially in the roles of, is especially with Amanda's character. Because when we watch Amanda and Graham, they're very um, role reversal in the sense that he's kind of the weepy, crying, romantic one, and she's like the bit of a stone cold, I don't cry type person. Do you remember? Because he turns around and he says, she goes to him, her boy that she, the guy that she dumps, she goes, Why does it bother you so much that I can't cry? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
So there's a lot of, I think there's a bit of role reversal, a lot of role reversal in this of what we're typically used to seeing. Yeah, but you don't see any of the men cry in, until the end. Yeah, but they still do it. Yeah, they still do. But... And plus, plus um, Jude Law's character is the guy who's at home. He's Mr. What is it? Mr. Mr. Napkinhead. He has his kids. His wife died. He's the one at home with the children. He's the one that's doesn't want to introduce her to the children, which is usually the thing that we see from the woman. They're kind of holding off a bit. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, from that point of view. Um, but I do like her. I do like the relationship. Although there's one bit in it that does annoy me is when they're in, he's driving her home and she's like, things just, you know, when she goes on about how things have got really complicated or way past complicated, I'm like, that bit just really irritates <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> Don't know why. Um, I think she's quite an irritating character, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think though she's kind of meant to be, because she's very dramatic. Over, like when she's, um, you know, walking down the snow with her high heels on and yeah. her pulling her suitcase, and she goes into the house and. Well, I suppose she's just not meant to be. Yeah, used cute to that, dress, she, and yeah. you know she gets into the bath, and obviously it's not her usual bath she's used to, and you know she's all very. I don't know. She's a bit, but then I LA find girl, I suppose. Iris irritating when she's just like, "Ooh, yeah, I've got a sound system," and she puts on the killers, and she's getting crazy. I'm that like, bit annoys me. Yeah. No, no, the the killers was Amanda. Oh, sorry. Yes. No, but what? Yeah, I think the bit sorry, you're on about apologize. is when she was getting into bed, and she's like, "Thank you, Amanda." Uh, you know when she yeah, and yeah. the curtains go, and she's like, "Listen, yeah, no, those yeah, I will give you those." Thanks. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> um, but no, I do. I don't know. I just love this film and the fact that, and as well, like Jack Black, he's not your tradition, traditional, sorry, um, love interest. No, he's not. And I do like that aspect of it. And it's more about like they, yeah, it's like the personality side of it, isn't it, that comes into it. Exactly. And also, he's the one again, the guy. He's the kind of, for use of a better term, the female role that we used to see in these films, whereas being screwed over by his girlfriend. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And she's begging him, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, and all this kind of stuff, which is what we typically hear from a guy. Yeah. And I'm not saying all guys are like that, by the way, before we get <laughs> a million messages, but that's that's usually how it's portrayed. It's the guy that's the bad one or the, the hard one or the cheating one or all this kind of stuff. Whereas in this, I feel like it's more, apart from maybe Jasper's character, it's more, you know, the men that are kind of the soft ones that need to be looked after their feelings need to be nurtured a bit more i think than the women i think that's a common thread throughout this yes yeah definitely no definitely i do i think i prefer jack black's character and kate winslet's character getting together in this do you know what i mean it feels a bit more natural yeah and and realistic to a point yeah than jude law and amanda Mm. amanda and jude law just seems very hollywood pretty yeah yeah yeah. yeah, and it's not that the other two aren't, but it's just, they're like the golden couple. Yeah. You know, and whereas the other ones, it's kind of like, like they're very, sh- they kind of meet and it kind of just happens, if you know what I mean. Whereas the other two, because of his relationship and the way she is with Jasper still, they're, it's very unsure, which is more realistic. Because, you know, you, you know, you, we talk to, I mean, it's been such a long time for me and you, but, you know, we talk to friends who are getting into relationships and everything's very unsure at the beginning. Mm, yeah. And I think that's kind of, you know, that there's one scene where they're in a, rest, a sushi restaurant and he gets a phone call from his girlfriend. Yeah. And he just leaves. But while they're there, 
it's almost like a date. Yeah, yeah. Um, Grace boop, Grace's boop. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Grace your boop. Um, so yeah, so it has. I think that relationship is more believable because it has all the elements of the awkwardness and the uncertainty. Mm. You know, of it. I have to say though, the bits that I enjoy the most aren't the rom comy bits. Mm. In that. It's the bits where um, she's with. Is it Arthur? I love Arthur. And she, you know, she's encouraging him to embrace his career mm. and receive the award. Yeah. And the bit where he goes up and gets his award, that's the bit where and I'm he walks up the him. stairs. Yeah. yeah. But then when Jack Black arrives, yeah. I did, oh, I was a bit like, yeah. oh, okay, that's fine. No, I know what you mean. I love that relationship between them. And, you know, he, you know, she brings him back to life, so to speak. Because like you said, he throws it in the bin. And I love the way when she goes, opens the thing and she goes... Like that, because, you know, tutting at him because he hasn't done it. And how, you know, when she has him and his friends over for a dinner yeah, and nice. Jack Black turns up and, you know, he's starting to encourage, he sees it straight away. You know what I mean? And he's starting to encourage it. And, you know, I love the way, I love the way, like, you know, the old guys there, they're kind of like, they see it straight away. Mm. You know, these old romantics, like, you know, yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I love it. I think it's, um. I, I think it's it's not a quick kind of... We don't get the quick romance straight away with them two. No. You have to wait for it. Mm. And I know, you know, a lot of these things kind of happen to the end, but these two, it really keeps you going. Like, it's not... It kind of explores two romantic narratives that yeah. are explored often singularly in different mm. films. Like, mm. you've got the the traditional Hollywood... Hot, woman meets yeah. hot man like like stereotypically hot yeah. woman stereotypically hot man meet each other in the the random meet cute and then in another strand you've got like the awkward a very attractive girl meets the awkward cute mm. guy and mm. you know but you've got it in one film yeah well yeah because um yeah because to me kate winslet she's kind of like an english beauty to me like you know like a what's it called english rose type english thing rose. she's got that traditional look about her but Jack Black, like, I find him quite strangely attractive because I know people don't with him. But he, in this film, I'd go for Jack Black no, in this I film. No, I get it. I get it. I totally do. He's I not your stereotypical no. lead, is he? But he is attractive in this yeah. film. He's got, he's got personality. He's got a nice smile. He, you know, he's got a winning But even, charm. do you know when he bring, pulls out the eyelash? Yeah. Do you know, just, just things like that. Like, he's just... There's a sweetness to it. I don't know why. why. I, I can't tell you why I love this film so much. It I is can't a nice tell film. you why I watch it so much. But. Like it, it, meant, it was meant to be like a Christmassy film. And I think that's what kind of irked me because yeah. it was so sunshiny. And I was just like, it's not a Christmas. I, 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 yeah. I was very. Yeah. I, I judged it on appearance, I have to say. But the, I like uh, Christmas. I really watched it. I watched it twice, actually. And it. Did you? I, I, I saw beneath its surface and I, I kind of got got it so mm. yeah i like this film yeah so if you haven't seen the holiday i would highly recommend it i would too yeah <laughs> okay moving on to our next film which was harry's suggestion and i haven't seen it in years upon years upon years and so i was a bit confused as to why she picked it <laughs> but it's a film from 1959 don't let it scare you it's always mm. good to watch old films directed by billy wilder aren't you proud of me I am. <laughs> I am. You're a millennial going back to old style films. I think I'm a millennial. So for people that don't know they're millennials. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, Some Like It Hot. 
Some like it hot. I was kind of glad that you suggested Some it. Like it hot. It's Robert Palmer for you. It's a great album. I love Robert Palmer. <laughs> May he rest in peace. Yes. Um, so yeah, I was, <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, because I don't remember this as a romantic comedy. But I think as we've gone through these films, they're not your traditional. Yeah, let's face it. I have um, cheated here (laughs) (laughs) in order to talk about a film I like. But it it has. Romantic elements. Yeah, the thing is with this film, right, it's got all kinds of genre types in it. Mm. You've got your buddy movie. You've got your mafia movie. You've got your rom-com. You know, it's it's musical elements. It's all the genres, which is why it's so good. Okay, so <laughs> for those who haven't seen it, Harry, what's it about that will make them go see it? Or not go see it, but, you know, put it on Netflix. <laughs> What, do you want me to give the synopsis? You know, back in the 50s, the way people used to go to Netflix to watch films. <laughs> so just let them know. Give them a synopsis. So it follows musicians Joe, played by Tony Curtis, and Jerry, played by Jack Lemmon. And uh, they witness uh, a, mur- a mafia murder on Saint uh, Valentine's Day, the Saint Valentine's Day massacre. Ma- massacre. Uh, and they take an unusual route to go into hiding to avoid... Um, being massacred themselves they dress up as women and they join an all-women's band who are heading towards miami to perform in a hotel down there so they disguise themselves as women uh, to hide from the mafia and uh, along the way they find uh the sorry they uh, come across a band member called sugar played by marilyn monroe uh who's looking for love and describes herself her uh, as uh, yeah, it describes what she wants um, from love to uh, Joe, who is uh, Josephine. Josephine. <laughs> That's Tony <laughs> and, Curtis. Yeah, and he pretends uh, to be a millionaire when in Miami, and uh, they that kind of happens. And then on the other side of it, you've got Jerry, who's playing Daphne, and uh, he Daphne. wins the affections of a millionaire himself. And it goes from there, and it's just a riot of all sorts. I must admit, <laughs> I'm watching this. Marilyn Monroe is an absolute pleasure to watch. She is, isn't she? She's an absolute fascinating character. Yes. Yeah. She she, she really is. I was just like, when, do you know, when she's on screen, and I, I don't know much about Marilyn Monroe, and it, this has kind of made me want to go and watch other films that she's in. Mm. You cannot take your fucking eyes you off You really her. can't. Yeah. And she she just, she she really is beguiling, isn't she? She's mm. got this this presence and like there's the scene on the train and just the way she, she, she does it. She flirts with the camera. Mm. Like, and you're just watching her. And the scene on the beach where she's fir- where she first meets, um, gosh, what's his name? The mi- yeah. When Tony Curtis is a millionaire. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, she's just like flirt with him and her grin is just like, Oh, amazing. But apparently she was really they they like they had to they had to have like 50 takes with her to get the scene mm. nailed. Um and they all really struggled to 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 get the scene right, but fuck it, it doesn't care she 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 nails it in the end, yeah. doesn't she? So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I was quite mesmerised by her, if I'm honest with you. She just, oh, I don't know, she just, you just couldn't stop, I just couldn't stop looking at her, you know? It was really weird, and it's kind of, you know, I was, I was even like, because you see all these things coming up on Facebook, and I hate this term. I have to say, I hate this phrase. When you stick a picture of a woman of Marilyn Monroe's size, you know, she's not your typical, you know, skinny I hate that word skinny, by the way, but you know, Hollywood kind of actress type thing. And they put real woman. She she looks like she's about a size 14, 12, 14. Yeah. She does in all fairness. Um, not that that's big. Um, you know, I'm that myself. And, but they put real woman next to it. I hate that fucking phrase. Yeah, real I woman. Hate that too. We're all, every woman's size is real woman when yeah. you're a fucking size two or a size fucking 22. But she just, I don't know. She just, I think if I passed her, I'd be like, yeah, I want to go out with you. <laughs> she's just got chemistry. She's just she got a, an allure. She, she, even though to by these day standards, she, like, she's beautiful no, no matter what, but like, she's just got this shape. She knows mm. how to work it. Like that scene when she's um, getting the train and she's just like, her ass is like wiggling. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's obviously very forced, but she, she knows how to work it. And like, she's like, her head's moving from side to side. She's just got this fantastic, yeah, just 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 an allure. And she just knew how to, to work the camera, definitely. Mm. Um, but it doesn't matter like what size she is. She, she's, she's just beautiful. She, she is. And she's, there's an innocence about her and she's so cute. And, you know, she's someone that, if you knew her, you'd almost feel very protective of her. You, you say that, but what I think is interesting about her character in this film is that, okay, we've got we've got Jerry and... Oh, God, I'm terrible with <laughs> What are their names again? We've got Jerry. Joe. Jerry and Joe. Yeah. So we've got Jerry and Joe, and they... They're con They're conning mm. people at the mm. end of the day, aren't they? They're, like, they're musicians at first and foremost but they are having to con people that they're women yeah and and they think they've come across this really innocent girl who's just like you know through with love as she sings you know blah 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 but she's not when junior meets her instead of like really coming on to her she tries to fool him into thinking that she's like this oh i'm from brand or whatever <laughs> you know and she's almost equally as skilled in con artistry yeah. as they are and it's so you think she's innocent. She's not. And I like that. But I think with her, which probably happens to a lot of women, is they just realise they have to play the game. Yeah. Do you know? Like, yeah, I, I I, know, and you know what I mean? I've, I've probably done it myself, like, do you know what I mean? Um, but you kind of, like, I met Dev, like, 10, 11 years ago. So, I, and I was single for 10 years between him and my last partner and as time went on I realized the way men responded and acted towards certain things and I would start adjusting the way I acted to sue them do you know what I mean and I think that's what it is with her she's looking for so long that she kind of realizes what she has to do you know and that that's something you know, with with some women, I kind of think to myself, you know, if you, which you shouldn't have to, by the way, but sometimes you have to bloody play the game. It's a stupid fucking game. So it's 
it's kind of deception. Yeah. Forced deception. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, well, I mean, I, I don't know, but I think that's one of the key things in this movie mm. is it's kind of like saying that, like, romance in any form... Like, is there a deception? Like, <laughs> well, it's true. It's like when when you meet someone for the first time, you know, you, you hear about all these relationships that go. I'm not talking about people that just break up. I'm talking about these relationships that go so sour. There's violence and, mm. you know, such nasty breakups and all this kind of stuff. But when you first meet that person, they're amazing. They're so nice and all this kind of stuff. And then as time progresses you realise the real them and it's either a pleasant experience or a fucking nightmare. But you don't get that for the first few months. Mm. I don't think there's any... Well, there's probably exceptions to every rule, but there's going to be women that you meet who are like, he was lovely. Like, you even hear... Like, take Ted Bundy. When he got charged, people were actually going, no, he was such a nice man. And people didn't believe it because of how amazing he was. But that's the thing. When you get into relationships, you meet someone and they want you to see this amazing person. Some of them are natural and carry on, but others put on a show, you know? And I think that's the thing. So she may have, whoops, she may have played up a little bit, but that's probably because she's learned along the way, do this, don't do this. I never thought I'd hear Ted Bundy rolled up so much. (laughs) I always bring it back to serial killers. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I think I think it's quite interesting because you see this different side of her and, and the other characters as well. Like, Joe, he's a womanizer. Mm. Yeah, he becomes quite... Like, he cares for Daphne, mm. jo- um, Jerry. Yeah, she likes her, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah and he really likes um, Sugar. Mm. And eventually he feels bad for being, like, being junior mm. but he sees through her con she doesn't see through his and mm. it, it, but you know and and then it's like with Jer- with jerry and um, daphne he he likes sees well i can't remember what my point was <laughs> what was i saying i'll be honest with you i know this isn't going to win me any any uh fans here but um don't don't do daphne just don't do it don't do it to my face Otherwise, it's the end of the podcast. <laughs> because Jack okay, Lemon. This is Shaman the Podcast <laughs> signing out. No, I'll be honest with you. Um, I struggled. <gasps> oh my God, he's the best freaking thing about this movie. He was too much. No, he's amazing. He's too much. He's got the. Oh, it's just so good. No, don't be wrong. <laughs> fucking love Jack Lemon. You know, you want to see Jack Lemon at one of his best, watch fucking Glen Gary Glenross. Glen Ross. Wow. But, I've never seen that. Oh, such! Oh my God, it is such a good film. Such a good film. Coffee is for closers. It's such a good film. But that's you can quote him like, I I think I can quote nearly every single line he says in this movie because no, it's just so good. It's the, like that. That's one I thing. Like Baldwin, I think that quotes that film. But no. that's not quite, anyway. <laughs> this is one good thing about this movie. It's like aside from the wrong com thing, we're shoving that aside now. Like yeah, it's, this, this is the wrong It's, it's, it's the right. screwball dialogue. It's like nearly every single line in this movie is a line that you could take away from it and quote. Yes, but he does it in such an erratic way that makes you want to say, "Calm the fuck down." it's like oh he's great yes yes he drives me insane i couldn't take it i was exhausted and that's what i well we know who would be daphne we know who would be joe (laughs) see that's that's the crazy thing right when people look at me and you 
you're the more calm, collected one. Am I? No, no, I think that's the way people look at you. And I'm the more gobby, outspoken one. But when it comes to films like this, I'm more Joe and you're more Josephine and you're more Daphne. Whereas if you were actually like uh, Daphne, I would not be friends with you. You would. You are, you are. (laughs) She's fucking so animated right now. Um, No, it was just... I, I can't remember what film we talked about. Oh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm. And uh, Richard Dreyfuss' uh, uh, performance and the way when he was like really over the top. And I'll be honest with you now, I struggle with that type of acting now because it stresses me out. It's like me and Dev, we went through this phase where we'd watch an episode or something every before we went to bed, a comedy of some sort to relax. And I remember we decided to watch uh, Faulty Towers. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I can't do no, this no, because that is stressful. Yeah, do. because John Cleese is stressing me out, so we stopped doing it. But that's the type of comedy that I'm getting here from Daphne. It's too far. She's like, it's just too much. I didn't. No, yeah, just, just great lines like like when Sugar oh. and Junior are flirting in front of the hotel Del Coronado. Been there, by the way. Um. <laughs> Name drop. <laughs> and she's just like. Oh, uh, I don't know. Just like the line she says, like I'll say, and things like that. Or like, oh, and she describes um, when he describes um, men, and she's like, rough, hairy beast with eight heads. It's just the way Jack Lemon does it. It's so entertaining. How can you not find that entertaining? Because it's just too much. Get it's over the top. It's your house, but get out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, and I the whole time. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, I feel really bad for feeling this way. (laughs) But no, no, the thing is, it's like, I can see that it's a great performance. Mm. And he did the role really well. But I needed a rest. I needed a break. So Mm. I couldn't watch the whole thing in one go. I had to go make a cup of tea and come back into Yeah, but what about the break when you've got scenes with um, Tony Curtis? Who excellently kind of portrays Cary Grant kind of style. I, I I love the Tony Curtis's scenes because they kind of they calm it down a little. Like he he does his part in a more. They call me Junior. <laughs> I know we talking because that's the way English people talk. We talk like, like this all the time. I know I was like it's called Shaloyal. <laughs> I know when, when when he was talking, I was like, I don't know any people that can go on like I this. Think, I think I have to say I love Jack Lemmon in this, but Tony Curtis is so good in this movie, and he plays feminine so well as well. He's a pretty woman, you know, pretty woman, uh, yeah. hey. mm. <laughs> <laughs> not just a pretty face, Harry. <laughs> but that's something I really like about this film as an adult. Like, obviously, I grew up watching this film and I loved it for all its various elements. But like going back and watching it for this, you're like. This film, for its day, it's quite ahead of its, risque and ahead of its time. Mm. And like, I like that it reaffirms that like dabbling with your identity can help you figure out who you are. Like Joe dabbles with being a woman. He he dabbles with mm. being a fake millionaire, and he kind of thinks this isn't me. I just I just want to say I love this girl, you know. Yeah. And I like that, and it just kind of. It's. It, I think it was a, quite ahead of its time. I'd yeah. Say. No. No. I agree. I agree with that because 
when they kind of like when he's talking to Sugar about the yacht and all that kind of stuff, you can he's kind of thinking you kind of think to yourself, you know, that's what he wants. That's what he wants to be. But when it comes down to it, at the end, he just wants her. Yeah, he's just realised yeah. I've fallen in love with this girl. And can I just say, we're talking about risque moments. That dress, dude. I've always thought that was a risque kind of dress because she's basically like nude, naked naked yeah and I, I, ever since i was a little girl watching that i was just like you can always see everything yeah i always thought that actually on um i don't know was it facebook or instagram anyway a picture popped up i think it was um oh who was it was it sophia loren maybe it was sophia Lo- no i don't think it was it, it was some actress anyway from marilyn monroe is still alive and marilyn monroe is wearing uh Oh no, it's not Marilyn. It's James Man, Jane Mansfield, or something. Because she's wearing a really low cut top. I mean, really low. You can never see her nipples. And the other one, the way she's looking at her, and I thought that kind of summed it up. As in, what Marilyn Monroe was wearing, she would have been getting that look as well. Yeah. Because you just didn't. Yeah. Look, you know. Yeah, it was James Mansfield actually. Um, you just didn't look. You just didn't wear that stuff. That's that revealing. And when she was running down to the docks to meet the guy and the dress like you could see practically see her bum crack like you know it was so far <laughs> down mm. you know but um provocative dress it was very provocative um but i no i'm i'm, I'm glad you picked this film so that i would so i thought i watched it again because i haven't seen it in years and um yeah i tony curtis i must say extremely handsome mm. no i thought he was I can't believe it was always Jamie Lee Curtis's dad. I know, yeah. Yeah, and Vivian Lee, who I uh, saw in um, Psycho, is her mother. Mm. Yeah, but um, no, I'm I'm glad you picked this, and I I agree with you. It's not your traditional rom com. I oh my god, I have to say, at the end when they're on the 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 boat and they're going to the yacht, and your your man's going, Jack Lemons like saying all these negative god things. God damn it, I was good at all. man. Yeah, <laughs> and he went. And I was like, because like I said, I couldn't remember this film. And I knew he was like, he's not going to mind that. And he goes, and it's like, what did he say? He goes, well, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And I <laughs> love that because I thought, do you know what? Great. Yeah. You've, you've fallen in love with the person and it doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what it should be. Because like you meet some people sometimes and you're like, you know, they're not gay. They're not bisexual. They don't class themselves as anything. They're just like... I just happen to love a woman. I just happen to love a man. And it's not that they're, they think of themselves as that, you know, bisexual, obviously when it's men and a woman, they just like, I love the person. And I think that's great. And I think you can, I think you should think that way. Like it shouldn't yeah, matter yeah, yeah. what they are. It really shouldn't, you know? And I I thought that was, and like you said, ahead of the time. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. and was it, was it around that film? Was was the Hayes, was it the Hayes Code or, you know, Will, William H. Hayes, um, yeah. Uh, basically, it was before the ratings come in where they would turn around and say certain films couldn't have certain themes to it, which I think one of them was homosexuality, which obviously would have knocked this on the head because in a sense, that relationship was was homosexual, even though one of them yeah. was a thought to be a woman. So um, they produced it without the approval of the, mm. the Motion Picture Production Code mm. um, because it plays with the idea of homosexuality mm. and cross-dressing um but it was considered a success of one of the final final like nails in the coffin to do with mm. the Hayes code um mm. which 
yeah cool as well because i think it was in the 60s wasn't it when they brought in ratings yeah because i remember when i was reading about that i was like going but didn't they have ratings because obviously different themes but ratings now aren't um you know there's homosexuality there's slavery there's stuff like that which is what it was back then homosexual uh, ratings now are more like the kind of content to the level of horror the level of yeah. sex you know what i mean the level of violence and stuff like that that's yeah. more what it is now which is i think different to what it was back then which is weird because you know homosexuality was classed as a rate a rating back then so to speak in the hay hayes coach but um yeah so i think you're right in the sense that this was ahead of its time and it kind of you know, broke every rule in the book, so to speak. And it it isn't the wrong come in the traditional sense, but I'm glad we've discussed it. <laughs> but but you say that at the end of it, Junior Joe Josephine <laughs> ends up with Daphne uh, ends up with um sugar mm-hmm. and Og what's his name? Osgood. Osgood and Daphne Joe Jerry Jerry <laughs> Kind who knows? Of, yeah. Who knows? You know. Well, he was the one that said, you know, I get married and I get a divorce and I get all the alimony. So you know, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I'm engaged. I'm engaged. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, yeah. So and another thing, it's really sad that she died quite soon after that, didn't she? A few years. Yeah, after three. That. I think it was three years after yeah. it. After filming The Misfits, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, you know, I watched some, like, as I said, I was watching this and I was quite mesmerised by her. I mean, I literally couldn't take my eyes off her. I find her fascinating. It's a shame because I look at people like her and I think to myself, God, what would they have done? Because wasn't she, like, 36 or 35 or something when she's like, yeah. very young? But could you imagine what she would have done? You know? Uh, yeah. Guess we'll never know. Mm. Shame. But, yes, so... Uh, our next film is uh, when I met Sally. When yeah, Harry was busy one day, <laughs> out and about, and then all of a sudden she bumped into Sally. I had such an embarrassing moment recently. To when do you realise you weren't that Harry? No, it's to do with a Sally moment. I'll tell you off air. You have to tell us now. No one that I I met. Her. I was at a climbing centre and I met a rather famous climber hmm. and he asked me my name and I said, my name's Harry. And because I didn't want to be a peer as to, you know, think, oh, I know who you are because I didn't want to be that person. I was just like, oh, what's your name? And he went, Sally. And I don't know why I didn't twig because this is one of my favourite movies, but I was just like, oh, he's just been a bit of a douchebag saying like Sally, you know? <laughs> and then like, Alec was just like, Sally, as in when Harry met Sally, and I was just like, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> so who's doing the synopsis for this one? You. Oh, balls. I'm really, <coughs> my memory is so bad. <laughs> Do you want me to do it? No, it's fine. I'm good to go. I've got no, the hiccup, yeah, so yeah, I apologise. Yeah, you do it, because I did the last one. All right. You have a face on you there. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so when Harry met Sally... Rob Reiner, 1989. And you, you have put Bob Reiner in the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd appreciate that. We're that, we're that close. I call him Bob. <laughs> we Bob. We Bob. Um, and actually, Nora Ephron screenplay, which uh, she's quite a rom-com person. She sure is. She sure is. <laughs> she sure is. So, for those of you who haven't seen When Harry Met Sally, first of all, go out and watch it. Because it's... I hadn't seen it in years. And I really enjoyed it. Do you know what I liken it to? Well, 
eating a nice apple crumble. Why having an orgasm? No. <laughs> no, just watching this movie is like eating a mm. nice apple crumble. And I don't want to say warm apple pie because that makes you think American pie. <laughs> but in the UK, we'd say uh, a warm apple crumble. Yeah. And that's what this film's like. <coughs> it's just nice. Cinnamony. No, I, I must have, I really enjoyed this um, for many reasons, which I will go into. But for those of you who do not know, Harry, who's played by Billy Crystal, and Sally, who's played by Meg Ryan, they meet when they share a car ride to New York. From uni. Yeah, they're... They're both moving to New York City and, uh, you know, he is going out with um, Meg Ryan's friend. So they they get a ride and, you know, it kind of fast forwards 10 years. They have the odd meeting in between, but they kind of don't know who each other are or they pretend they don't know who each other are. And then this friendship begins. And, you know, during the ride from, you know, uni to New York, they discuss how men and women can't be friends, but yet they have this relationship where they are both a man and woman and they become friends. And they start spending a lot of time together, having dinner, museums, talking. And they have these like night phone calls where they're like watching a movie or stuff like that. And there's like this... Casablanca. Casablanca. And they have these like split screens, kind of like the whole Pillow Talk film-esque vibe. Uh And, you know, talking about relationships and stuff. And... It's kind of one of those things where I'm watching it and I'm like, I would not want my boyfriend or my husband to have a relationship with a female that they have. And the, the reason I say that is like, I wouldn't want my partner having dinners, going to museums, late night phone calls with someone. They think they're just friends, but they do things that are very coupley. Like, mm. I, maybe other people can enlighten me, but I don't know of... I don't think so. I think a lot of the things they do are just friends things. No. Like they go to the store, they go and buy Christmas trees together. Yeah, but so if we do that together. Yeah, no, we would do that together. But if if you if I said to you, What are you doing on Saturday night? Do you fancy going to the cinema? You'd say yes or no. You wouldn't go, Oh, um, I didn't want to tell you but I have a date. Do you know what I mean? So she he do you remember he invites her to the movies? Mm. And then she's like, oh, Harry, you know, well, I have, you know, and she's reluctant to tell him. Do you see what I mean? Mm. There's the, that, that's the pit. That's the, that's why this is not a friendship the way me and you were friends, because we wouldn't hesitate. Yeah, but it establishes that from like the first conversation they have, where he's just like, men and women can't. No, no, exactly. Men and women can't be friends, but she, but they, they have, they, they try try and portray this relationship that they are just buddies because they have these conversations but when it comes to you know them having relationships outside of what they have it's all very shady Mm. you know i have to say i I wanted to save this till the end of this conversation Mm. but you've jumped straight in there oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) apologize i i dislike that they get together i dislike that they have sex it makes me feel icky that they have sex. I like the fact that they talk about sex. They're frank about sex. They have other relationships. I don't like the fact that they actually get together. And apparently, and I read upon this because I thought I'm a freak, Nora Ephron didn't want them to get together. She thought in reality they wouldn't get together. Mm. But because Hollywood says so, they got together. And I think that's wrong. And I think, if anything, this shouldn't be a romance. It should be like a... I don't know the word for like... No, but I think... 
I think I know what you're saying. It's like, do you remember when we were talking about the Harry Potter episode and we were saying about how we were, well, I was saying about how I was glad that Harry and Hermione didn't kiss. Yeah, it's like... And you were like, yeah, but it wasn't in a book. I said, yeah, but in Hollywood, they would have. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, no, I kind of get what you meant. Like, why, why can't a romantic comedy be about a friendship? And even if it's between a man and woman, like I, I kind of agree with you. when they, you know, when she was upset and she calls him over and they oh, have sex. I hate that. That just makes but, me feel so uncomfortable. Th- but that's my point. It's like if you broke up with your boyfriend and you called me over, I'd come over and I I'd, would try and kiss you. Uh, probably. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> no, but my point is like that wouldn't happen whether, you know, and if, like I said, it, one I of my male friends. Ha- I think it probably it could happen. Like there are. The... What, me and you kissing? No, <laughs> I just mean... I'm, I'm a bit confused, sorry. <laughs> Is there something I should know? I just mean, I think that could happen. Emotions are rife, you know, you just want No, but comfort. what I'm saying is, is I have male friends like, like, um, like... But if him and his girlfriend broke up and he went, Lorraine, I want to talk to you about it, I would never go over with thinking that. Yeah, but he didn't go over thinking he was going to have sex with her. No, but the point is, is that they, he should have said no he should have said no. Yeah, so if you're there with that person in that vulnerable moment... But she fucking knew what she was doing. No. It's like when... It's like after they've had sex and she's there, she's got that big, horrible grin on her face. And she's yeah, like, I don't like that grin. Do you want some water? And he... Oh, his face. And it's just... I, if you were a true buddy, you'd have said, no, you wouldn't have done it. He was thinking with his dick. It, yes, yes, he was. You know, so I, I agree. agree with yeah. you in that sense. So, but she was thinking with those two. I think. No, I no, think she's I don't always think she's innocent I think she's in this. All, yeah, she's I don't not think innocent. she's innocent in this. She doesn't have a dick. But <laughs> I think I do think there's some sort of merit to the whole male female relationship, and I do like you yourself have a relationship <laughs> with a, with a guy that it wouldn't enter anyone's head that there would be anything other than friendship. No, yeah, no. You know, and I have certain male friends that it wouldn't. But with this, it's like they really. They kind of, it's kind of like suggested, you know, the way they carry on. But you never, I never for one minute believed, maybe that was the whole point of it. But I never for one minute believed that that's all they were, was just friends. But aside from all that, sip of wine. Yeah, no, hmm. From aside from the uh, dramatic romance that uh, you're describing, I do like the comedy in this. <laughs> no, the, the the comedy side of the romantic comedy. Um, no, no, I do, I do. It no, it, at the end of the day, it's still a great film. It's great. It is a great so film. Great. But you know, I think the whole thing of them, I I kind of agree with you. I think it would have been more. I think it would have been better if they hadn't had sex. I don't. Yeah, I just don't like that element. I don't, I don't know why. I'm an element. I know it's a a, a romantic comedy, but. I don't know. I just think it would have been nicer if they'd have just been each other's best friend. Yeah, because you're... That's the thing. It's like, you don't have to have a sexual relationship to be almost a romantic partner. Because, like, you know, I love you, but we don't have... We don't have sex. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But that's okay. I'm going to lock my bedroom door tonight because she's staying here. Um, But... You know, that's the thing. It's like it's a different type of romance. Yeah. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I think, you know, I think sometimes, why do we always have to go to the sex? Mm. 
I know, yeah, it's, it's, I, like, they explore the friend, I, for, for me, there's an imbalance, they explore the friendship too much for it to then become a romance. Yes. But from another point of view, like, this film is lovely, and, like, it's depiction of New York and stuff, it's so <sighs> Especially gorgeous. in autumn. Yeah. Those autumnal vibes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's, and when they're in, like, the Met, and it's, like, autumnal out in Central Park, and he's, like, put pepper in my paprika, that kind of bit, it's just... Like... She, he, um, I read that apparently he was kind of, like, improvising a lot of that, and you know when you see her turn to the side, she's actually looking at Rob Reiner going, am I meant to be? Uh, you know, and he's just, they just go with it. I, I love Billy Crystal in this. Yeah, I, I think not. he's... I do like Billy Crystal in general. I do. I'm a fan I of do. Billy Crystal. I think he's a good actor, and I think he... He's amazing in this film. Mm. From the word go, he just he he carries it. I think. Yeah. Like she's great in it. Like Meg yeah. Ryan's great in it. But he's. I think Harry is the main character for me in this. And mm. his. It's more about his character arc than it is hers. I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I I like its depiction of. New York, it's a very dreamy New York that I'd like to see, mm. and yeah, I don't like the description of their wedding cake at the end. <laughs> I can't remember that. It's coconut with because oh. <laughs> some people like stuff on the side. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I like this movie. It's ten, it's tender, but yeah, I always do wish that they never get together in the end. It's a strange thing, isn't it, for a mm. romantic comedy? I think in this as well, they position them two very well. Do you know what I mean? In certain scenes, you see them and everything they're kind of doing represents how close or far apart they are. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know. I noticed that because like when they're in the car, they've got all that crap behind them. Yeah. And um, like even they're saying goodbye with a handshake and, um, you know, they, they meet up and there's like people in between them and... Then when they're close, they're touching and they're getting... You know, it kind of does all these like weird little small things. I think that kind of shows how close or how far apart they are. I think we have to shout out how good Carrie Fisher is in this <gasps> as well. She gets some amazing stuff in this. I do I do love it when um, they... Obviously, they're trying to set each other up with the other people. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, you know, just don't do anything tonight because, you know, she's a bit delicate and all this kind of stuff. And then next thing is like, I get the cab. Yeah, you got up tiny. <laughs> she yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I look. I I do love this movie. Whether this it's movie. a wrong, you consider it a rom com or a friendship movie, buddy movie, buddy yeah. movie. Mm. You know, I consider it a buddy movie. But... Yeah, that takes a bit of a dip in the. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, how we view that one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. That is the end of our rom-com section. Shit, man. Yeah, it is. I thought we had more. No, we just did the four, four films. Yeah. Do we did it... Did, I don't think we did it justice, probably. <laughs> did it plenty justice. And the th- I think the problem is, is we could have... I like the fact that we chose films that weren't your typical, you know, rom-com, you know, fairy tale ending type thing. I will just quickly add, mm. I've had a new appreciation for uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. But I do like that film. I can talk about that another time. Maybe we could do an after the credits on Forward and Sleeping. Yeah, let's do that. I'll get some insight from my mum because she fucking loves that film. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, next section is Flashback Film Club. 
Harry chose this film, actually. It was the 1991 film directed by Kevin Reynolds. It was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Everything I do, I do for you. <laughs> do you know that was number one for 16 fucking weeks? I remember when that said, because I went to clubs in a time when there was a slow they set. They played this in clubs. There was a slow set. Oh, right. Do you remember right. the slow set? No. No. There was a slow set and it was <laughs> fucking on every time. <laughs> I did. I have to say, Harry, I hadn't seen this film in a really, really, really long time. So I, I needed to watch it again to get a refresh. Okay. And I remember um, a couple of weeks ago, I put it on and the opening scene was like this kind of prison barbaric thing. And I was like, I lasted about three minutes. I can't believe that. And I was it- like... I, I can't deal with this <laughs> Very dramatic. It is dramatic. And um, I, I, I turned it off. I watched it. Um, it's not even that intense. I watched it on Thursday night, actually, two days ago. And uh, no, it was. I just like, you know what? I need happy thoughts and this isn't giving me happy thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, play shout out. I've been to Carcassonne where they filmed this. Just say <laughs> Did you? So, Harry... Let us know for those who haven't seen Robin Hood. So, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, features Kevin Costner as Robin of Loxley as he breaks out of prison in Jerusalem with fellow prisoner Azim, played by Morgan Freeman. He then returns back to England uh, and finds out that his father is dead and his family estate is in ruins. His father is killed by the Sheriff of Nottingham, played by the awesome... Alan Rickman. (laughs) And both Robin and Azim are joined by fellow outlaws Will, played by Christian Slater, and Little John, Nick Brimble. And they're all on a mission to save the kingdom from the evil Sheriff and his weird (laughs) mum. Is that his mum? Yeah, she says. Oh, I did I, I don't remember that bit. I yeah. just thought she was some weird witch, nah, like she... some sort of like fucking sleepy hollow psycho witch. That's... <laughs> she's his mum. She says in the film, I swear, she says she's his mum. Hmm. I'm not going to lie. I watched this at Christmas and I didn't watch it recently. But yeah, Christmas is only a couple yeah. of months ago. It's like, yeah, exactly. Thank you. I thought you were going to tell me off. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you watch every film yesterday? <laughs> Take the day off work. I love this movie. I don't even care if, like, Robin has an American accent. <laughs> no, I w- I'm glad you said that, because I was watching this, I was like going, he's not even trying it, nor is Christian Slater. I know! Every, every word here and there, maybe? The only person who tried was fucking Marion. Christian Slater tries. Did he fuck? <laughs> did he fuck? <laughs> he did! He didn't give a shit. He, tr- he tried a little bit. Not he much, tried. Not like, Kevin didn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> but do we care? No. No. And do you know what? I went to an archery thing with work recently and I said, could you do the three arrows thing? And he went, no one can do that. And I was just like, oh. (laughs) I audibly went, oh. (laughs) No, no, that guy just said that because he couldn't. Uh, Well, yeah, maybe. I said that's probably what happened. Yeah. I, because I haven't seen this film in years, um, I forgot how brutal it was. It's not brutal. It fucking is. I have to say, the scene... With people in weird cages, I think, fairly early no, on. No, for me, the, like, like obviously it wasn't a real baby, but do you know when they're kind of, like, destroying where they all live and she's, 
little John's wife is up. Oh yeah, that's practical. Stuff like that, but like in the Sherwood Forest. Yeah, but the th- the things that really get me is the the scene, like mainly the the way the like when uh, Alan Rickman is with a woman and she starts covering herself up and he's like, "Who told you, you could cover yourself yeah. up?" And when he's trying to trying it on for use of a better phrase with Maid Marian. And he just, he does this really weird, like, split leg thing. You know, when he kind of jumps. And oh, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, and it's it's just, it's also barbaric. It, what? And it, we, I didn't like it. I, that's again, what I said, I remember seeing this years ago and I didn't think like that. God, what was wrong with me when I was in my 20s? But can I ask, did you see my saliva issue? You know, when we talked about Die Hard and I said <laughs> I had a saliva issue with Alan Rickman. Did you understand my saliva issue? Because he's spitting all over the joint. No. He's spitting all over the joint. There is saliva all over that guy's mouth. She's, he, he's spitting, guys. <laughs> Watch, that. Watch that and die hard and you'll be like, man, just wipe your mouth. You know, I love Alan Rickman, but in those two roles. He just... Speedy McSpittison. I have to say, though, watch watching... Like, Alan Rickman totally steals this for me. He's amazing in that role. Like, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't enjoy it as much, the film, as much this time around, as I remember liking it the first time around, because I thought it aged. It was very dated. I'll be honest with you, for me. But, Alan Rickman. Fucking hell, man. I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon. Oh, Oh, so good. He's just... He's It's just like when he, like rubs his statue as well with the scars on it as well he's he's his characteristics and it's so good he, he is and it's kind of like you know when you see him in other things and it's just he's just got this way of mm. saying words that cut to the bone yeah 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 yeah. you know and oh god no he, he he's the best thing about this film. he is the best thing about this by far I, I don't know. I str- I struggled watching it. I'll be honest with you. I really struggled watching it. I watched I watched it all. Like I said on Thursday night, and um, some of the it was a bit. I don't know. I didn't. You know the whole thing with Maid Mary and the way he was basically trying to rape her, mm, and um, the whole cover of woman. I mean, just oh, I just it really. You know it, and it, it. When I'm watching films like this and other films like like The Breakfast Club, like we said, stuff like that, it's kind of made me realize how. In 20 years or so, like, I know this isn't 20 years, but nearly 20 years, and Breakfast Club obviously longer than 20 years, how I've changed my perception of things because there was a time where stuff like that wouldn't have phased me as much because that's how women were treated and you just kind of got on with it, mm. you know? Even, and I'm not, like, in my 90s, but now I'd be horrified, whereas back then I wasn't. It's because kind of like you just got, you did, you just got on with it if guys made a I play. have to say I've, I'm a bit indifferent, like I'm not indifferent, I'm different to that. Um, when I was growing up, I hated that scene from the word, yeah. from the word go. Yeah, but you got to like, remember, you were born in 87. Yeah, no, I, I know, but like I, know. I grew up Like when I see this film, I was in my 20s. Mm. You know, you would have been a lot younger. You know? oh, wow! Yeah. Either way, I was just like, "This guy's a prick." And no, I would have saw him as a prick. I wouldn't. I no, wouldn't... but like, I hated that scene as yeah. a kid. I was just but like, the... and I was so glad. I've I felt Marion's joy when like Robin turns up and mm. like 
like stops it. Yeah, but it's it's just what what I mean by that is like we wrongly so were more accepting of the things that were done to women because you just got on with it. Like I said, I remember chatting to women who were like twenty years older than me and going if someone had come in and slapped your ass at work or went, oh, nice boobs and stuff like that, you'd just be like, oh, okay. You know, and that was normal. It's yeah. just the way it was. And it, I think it's an interesting thing for someone, like, I'm probably kind of more of the last generation of that before it got really unacceptable. Like, do you know what I mean? But there was a time where you just kind of went, if a guy did that, you just got on with it. It's weird. Mm. You know? Yeah. But now I watched it because I watched it the other day and I was fucking horrified. And I remember I wasn't horrified before, you know? Yeah. This film is one of those films that's just all over the place. Like, mm. it's great, but yeah. it's just all over the place. Mm. Like, taking it to a different context, like, he arrives in the UK at Hadrian's Wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> Things like that, like, just make it absolutely stupid. But... It's just a winner at the same time. It's just a, it just is, isn't it? It's just yeah. one of those films that you just like. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Prince of our hearts. <laughs> I don't think I'd watch it again, though. What? No, I've seen it enough now. No. Yeah, no, I wouldn't watch it again. Seriously? I mean, if I was in someone's company and they're like, look, I really want to watch this, I'd say yeah, but I would never choose to watch it again. Like, yeah, no, I'd, I'd like, if it was on TV, I'd be like, yeah, I'll watch this. I wouldn't, like, put it on no. myself. No. no, no, no. But yeah, I just think, I just think it's, um, strange as I'm getting, like, older, how I see films in such a different way and it's kind of like, when I think back, like I said, how I didn't, think it was as bad as what you would think it was as bad when you first saw it i'm like why did i think like that mm. whereas now i'm like that fucking <laughs> like do yeah. you know what i mean it's like it's weird but that i think that's just how you i know, think what always struck me worst in those scenes like as, as the worst sort of action in those scenes is obviously the sheriff is attempted to do what he's doing but it's that horrible churchman is just stood there like and i was just like you're the real fucking villain of this piece because yeah. if you just like had some balls and went all about your money you'd be able to stop this it made me so mad yeah yeah that whole that whole scene from a, a, i remember being very young and thinking this is wrong i can't wait for robin to go in and save so uh any more thoughts on robin hood Nope, I like it. Yeah. Everything I do, I do it for you. Tune. Okay, so I think that is the end of our flashback film club. Is the end of the romance. So it's now time. It did to... get very romantic, really, did it? We're quite cynical no. bitches, really. Yeah. I know. Okay. Well, you, I can I just say to round up the romance. Like round, I know we. Round I should just... up the romance. I that like I love romantic. No, I don't. I don't love romantic comedies. They don't do it for me in the romance sense. No, I get they're, they're easy watching, but with no substance. Yeah, there's no romance in the romantic comedy for me. It's more mm. just comedy, comedy. Yeah. Like if I want my romance, I go for like my dramatic romance. Mm. Like I get no romance from romantic comedies and if i were given the choice i would have talked about you've got mail but i couldn't talk about it because i've talked about it, about it and we've already was done it episode one there was episode one yeah because i think that's the ultimate rom-com hmm. whereas if... i don't 
be it. I was I quite just, bored. Oh, so that's my roundup. Like, I don't rate rom-coms because they don't make me feel romantic. No, no I think rom-coms for me, well, don't get me wrong, I fucking enjoyed watching a few of them, but they're kind of just like an easy way to make a buck. It's like, yeah. let's stick Sandra Bullock or someone, Hugh Grant, obviously back in the 90s, who can make us money. People are going to go to the cinema to see it. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. the same forma- formulaic, you know, it's, that's what I like about the films that we've chosen. There's, there's a bit of originality behind yeah. them. Like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Different. And they may not be like the rom-com is what people think, but, um, you know, don't go, you know, look a bit, look for something a bit different. Yeah. You totally. know, don't go for, Okay, he spotted her, she spotted him, they like each other, something happens, they can't get together. Oh, but they do get together. You know, this type of thing. So, you know, it's more, I think these ones are more realistic, Mm. you know. And some people, like me and Dev were friends before we got together, you know. Think outside the box a little bit, people. (laughs) So that's the end of the rom-com section. What do you want to watch, Lorraine? Okay, I know we kind of mentioned it before, but I do, and I will, see the Ted Bundy film. Extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Is that actually the name? I kind of feel yeah, like... Yeah, it's when a long I, name. Yeah, I kind of feel like when I Googled it, I was like, is this really the name? <laughs> but you've got Zac Efron, you've got Jim Parsons, Sheldon from Big Bang. and No way! Yeah, he's one of the lawyers. And John Malkovich, who, can't go wrong... Um, but basically a Ted Bundy story. So that should be an interesting watch. What about you? Anything there? I want to see Destroyer. It's been out for a while, but I do want to see that movie. Um, it's got Nicole Kidman in. She plays a um, police woman in um, LA and she's been through a humdinger, basically. I've never to, heard of it. Oh, it's meant to be amazing. And I really want to see that. Uh, and I think that's about it. Cool. Um, <laughs> I want to see Stephen, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery has apparently been remade. It has. I've watched mm. the trailer. Mm, me too. So I'm definitely going to give that a watch because I remember the original and uh, hopefully this will be different. Yeah. Have you anything else, Dan? My like stuff I'm looking forward to is in April, but I think we're going to do another podcast. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I've seen a couple of things come up. Um, basically of sex, because um, I've been watching Graham Norton. That's out. In, that's out now. Is that I know. Yeah. Think? Yeah. So I want to watch that. That looks quite good. The Ruth Gainsborough thing and uh, Hellboy. When is Hellboy out? I don't know, but I do look forward. I to I feel that. like that's been talked about for so long. Mm. Um, and there was something today that popped up and I was like oh, hang on my mind is oh yeah I don't know when it's coming out but um it's kind of popping up on the Instagram thing is the Elton John <gasps> Rocket Man. it's Rocket not out till May I'm was really May? looking forward to that but yeah. again I was gonna say that yeah um, yeah okay yeah. we'll talk about it another time but yeah I, I wasn't <laughs> sure but it's just it's popped up along now mm, so looks really uh, good. yeah so good um okay well thank you so much for listening and uh Harry uh no before I Harry, sorry. Okay, and thank you for listening. You can find us on Show Me the Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and you can find us on Twitter at SMTBcast. And Harry, where can we find you? 
You can find me on Instagram, WordPress and Twitter as Tales of Peck. Yeah, and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter and Pinterest as Lorraine Purden. And as always, uh, if you listen to any of our episodes, just, you know, give us a review, give us some stars, let us know what you think, suggestions for next episodes, you know, because we're always open to uh, what you guys want to hear. And again, thank you for listening. have Paris. What's that from? Casablanca. <laughs> <laughs>